What is up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of my first ever podcast. I'm super excited to be starting this. Um, I just wanted to explain to you guys a little bit what rhema means. It's a Greek word that means spoken word, um, word that carries life. And uh, if you're anything like me, I know exactly what that means um, when word is spoken to you. And rhema means specifically God's word spoken to you. And um, if God is our creator, then he knows exactly um, what we need to hear. Um, and it's also part of who we are. So Rama sort of brings life and it brings light and it brings, um, your soul and your spirit, um, into a transcendent level. And that's what we're going to be focusing on with the podcast. Um, hopefully with every episode, we'll be bringing life and light and truth and love and God into every podcast. So Um, I really hope that you guys enjoy it, and thank you for joining me, and without further ado, welcome to the Rhema Podcast. So today's topic is going to be my testimony, how I became a Christian, and um, truthfully, my Testimony is very brutal. I almost lost my life. Um, it was very hard. I was torn between what Islam was telling me and what the gospel was telling me. And it was a very hard time. Um, I actually became a Christian Easter 2019. So I'll start with moving to Kuwait in 2017. Um, at this time, I was an, an agnostic, but like I said, I loved God and I loved talking about God and I wanted to talk to Kuwaitis and the Muslims about what they believe and why they believe it and I knew because I've always been a person that seeks the truth and wants to know the facts I knew that I had to read the Quran for myself so I read started reading the Quran and I was just like huh I had no idea that the Quran has all the Bible prophets in the Quran, like starting from Adam and Eve, um, then to Noah, then to Joseph, then to Moses, Abraham, Ishmael, Isaac, um, Mary. There's some people that you wouldn't think would be in there, like Elijah. So another thing about the Quran is it's written the way you think a holy book was written. It was very rigid. It was very respectful. It was very reverent to their God. And that's something that um, it's like an attractiveness of Islam is that they revere their God and respect him and take it very seriously. And that's something that I was attracted to because that's not something that I had ever had in um, the church that I was growing up in. So I kind of assimilated Christianity as people who were fake. Um, even though I still, you know, loved reading Psalms and Proverbs and, and Bible verses and things like that. So since I was agnostic, I didn't have um, a certain religion. I kind of jumped on board with Islam. And people would tell me, hey, you know, Islam is a continuation of the Bible. You know, the Bible's been corrupted and translated so many times that, you know, God sent Muhammad and this is the final revelation. And you know, it's written, it's, it's a fine sounding book. 
it's a fine sounding argument and and you kind of like the way it sounds when it, they say it's a continuation and it's it's correcting the mistakes you're like oh okay yeah i really like this so i publicly declared that i was a muslim after getting into it i thought that it was the right thing and um, that I was going to go to heaven, and this was the right way to go to heaven. That was really what I was, I was into, is, is my spirit going to be okay um, after I die? Which is a very raw question, but it's what I was thinking. So I was like, okay, you know, now I can love God. Now I can know for, for a fact that I'm going to heaven, um, because all I really wanted to do was be uh, with the Lord. So then I started having lots of back pain, lots of stress. I couldn't get help in Kuwait. Um, so I wanted to come back to the States to see if I could get help. So um, I came back to the States. I was in a lot of pain and I was just depressed, honestly. So my mom had people to come over and pray for me in mind that my mom is a very, very godly Christian woman. I would say that she is like in essence a Christian um, because she loves Jesus and that is her heart. So she had people come pray for me, and there was a 19-year-old boy there, and he was laying his hands on me, and he said something that really kind of, I don't know, maybe awoke something in me, unlocked something in me, but it was this the verse in Luke about Jesus seeing Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And another thing is he talks to me about the prophecies that were fulfilled from the Old Testament to the New Testament, um, and also prophecies that Jesus spoke. So I was like, hmm, that, that really sparked my curiosity there. And then also my mom noticed that I wouldn't say Jesus is Lord, and um, that really bothered her. And then <clears throat> I would push back with the argument, well, God can't have a son because he's not a human. Um, that, that, that was my pushback at the time because I was still torn between what Islam was telling me because in the Quran, it says that Jesus wasn't killed, nor was he crucified. So it denies the crucifixion, but in the gospel, the crucifixion is literally everything. So on Easter 2019, I went to church with my family and I remember that he was just talking about Jesus, talking about Jesus, talking about Jesus. And I felt like I was going to be ripped in half because I loved Islam. I loved God with all my heart. He's all I wanted. And Islam was telling me that I go to hell for believing in Jesus. And Christianity is telling me that I'm going to hell if I don't believe in Jesus. So I was just like, God, you have to reveal yourself to me tonight or I will not make it through the night. I really didn't think that I was going to stay alive through the night. Um, so then, like, God brought me to this video on YouTube of a man who spent, he's an American man, spent 16 years learning to read and write Arabic, which is one of the hardest languages to learn, which I, I used to teach English in Kuwait, and high schoolers didn't even know how to read and write Arabic, and they were Kuwaiti because they said it was too hard. So this guy learned to read and write Arabic, and he was a devout Muslim for 16 years and spent his life you know, trying to spread the word as a Muslim missionary. But then he started to find some, some verses or ayahs, as they, they say, um, a little bit confusing. So one of the verses was about essentially saying that you can rape 
um, Aya 24, Surah 4, says that you can rape um, women and slaves of war. So that was something that really, um, really confused me. And then, and I will list my um, sources at the end. Um, And then came the prophecies from the Old Testament that were fulfilled in the New Testament, which is they're down to the Roman soldiers gambling over Jesus's clothes when, um, when he's crucified. There are prophecies everywhere, literally everywhere. And one of the verses that really got me was in Psalm uh, when David said, kiss his son or he will be angry. That was really one that got me. But another one that got me, and this is the major prophecy that I reference um, when, I'm, when I tell people about you know, the prophecies. I say, go to Isaiah 53 from the New Testament. I mean, from the Old Testament, I'm sorry. And if you uh, want to call it by another name, go to the Torah. Go to Isaiah 53 in the Torah. Although some Jewish leaders have taken out Isaiah 53 from their Torah because the Jews also don't believe in Jesus. So that's maybe another topic for another day. But um, Isaiah 53, he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities." So it keeps going and it keeps going. Um, You can read it. Like I said, it's Isaiah 53. You can also Google the prophecies, which is what I did. There's plenty of websites that come up, um, hundreds of prophecies that were fulfilled. Another thing that got me was um, the fact that in the Quran, it says that you should read the Torah and the gospel. But when you do that, those two things completely contradict each other. Um, How can the Quran say to read the gospel when the gospel says that Jesus is, you know, the only way to heaven, but then the Quran says that Jesus wasn't killed, nor was he crucified. And also there's all these random things um, that just aren't right about the Quran and aren't right about Islam. So I'm gonna, right now I'm gonna go over some things um, since that spiral from Easter 2019 of the facts that I have that, to let you guys know that the Quran has been corrupted or is not the divine revelation that came down verse by verse, um, like, Muslims think it does. Now, there's different types of Muslims. There's Shia Muslims, there's uh, Sunni Muslims, and um, there's lots of different lots of different sects, but the main ones are Sunni and Shia. So some uh, Shias don't believe um, 
don't believe don't believe in some of the 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 Sunni text that um, that I'm about to read, but it doesn't matter because facts are facts and books are historical, and just because you think that they're not true doesn't mean that they have historic reliability. So I'm going to start with verses in the Quran that are contradictory. And this is from Nabil Qureshi's book. Nabil Qureshi was a Muslim that spent four years trying to prove that Islam was right and Christianity was wrong. And he actually ended up converting to Christianity. So um, in his book... Okay, so the Quran contains over 120 contradictions. Um, In Surah 6, Ayah 163, Muhammad was the first believer. In Surah 7, Ayah 143 says Moses was the first. And 2640 says that Pharaoh's magicians were. In 88.6, teaches that the only food in hell will be thorns, whereas 69.36 says it will be pus, and 37.66 says it will be devil-like fruit, 7.54, 10.3, 11.9, and 25.29 teach that Allah created the world in six days, whereas 41.9 to 12 gives the total of eight days. 2.29 says Allah created the earth before the heavens, and 79.30 says he created the heavens before the earth. 96.2 says Allah created man from blood, and then another one says from water, another one says from clay, another one says from dust. So there's a lot of of contradictions in the Quran. So now let's go to the validity of the Quran and the validity of the Gospels. Um... Muslims like to push back and say that, oh, do you realize that book you're reading has been corrupted? But do they know that um, 600 copies of Greek manuscripts of the gospel that were written by disciples are in our possession? And if we didn't have any one of those copies, we would have in our possession over 10,000 Latin, Coptic, and Syriac translations of early Greek and New Testament manuscripts. And the next one is something that I, I familiarize with because I've read studied a lot about Jesus' resurrection is if we didn't have any of the translations, if we didn't have any of the letters that were written by the disciples, um, we would still have over 30,000 quotations from the early church fathers where we can virtually reconstruct the gospel. So it's undeniable even by atheistic scholars, that the disciples definitely saw something after Jesus was resurrected. And based on their writings and based on the letters of Paul and all of Jesus' disciples that we still have, Jesus was resurrected. Now, whether or not um, you have the rhema for that sentence is, you know, is up to you, but... Now I want to go to, and we can spend more time on the validity of the Gospels, but right now I want to get into the validity of the Quran. So so Muhammad wasn't born until 600 years after Jesus was crucified. 
And that's a pretty long time, 600 years. Um, also, there's, there's so much I could get into with you guys right now. So I'm going to try and stay on one track. Okay, the Quran, Muslims think that the Quran came down in a revelation verse by verse. And that's how I was, um, that's what I was under the impression of that the Quran came down verse by verse and was a divine revelation. But then when you start to uncover the history of it, it was scattered all over pieces of paper. Like Muhammad would have a revelation, he'd write it down on a piece of paper. He'd have, he'd have a, res a revelation at this place and write it down on a piece of paper. And then all those people, pieces of paper were collected. Now, if you look at the Hadiths, which are the Islamic texts, about Muhammad's life, where people wrote about Muhammad's life, they would tell you that certain pieces of those papers have been lost. Um, also, the Quran wasn't compiled until 400 years after Muhammad's death. And um, I believe it was Zayd, uh, Uthman. Um, Uthman burned all the original um, texts of the Quran. So we have no original documents of the Quran, nothing. We just have this Quran that was where they gathered up all the material, made it into a book, and um, sent it out. So there are lots of, lots of quotes. Um, Let no one say of you say that he has acquired the entire Quran, for how does he know that he has it all? Much of the Quran has been lost. Thus let him say, I have acquired what is available. That was Ibn Umar um, said that. That was, actually I'm not sure what year that was written. Um, another quote, the people have been guilty of deceit in reading the Quran. I like it better to read according to the recitation of him who I love more than Zayd ibn Thabit, and that was ibn Said, and some other words that I really um, can't read right now. But like I said, I'm going to reference everything um, at the end. So here's another um, one from the Hadith. Um, these all come from these all come from the Hadith about Muhammad's life. Um, one about uh, Aisha's sheep eating a verse. Um, so yeah, that is just in a nutshell, very loosely. Uh, I thought it would go down a little bit better, but that's loosely um, some reasons why I uh, decided to be a Christian. And I think now from this podcast, I'm going to have to do a podcast where I go down and compare all the evidence for Christianity and all the evidence for uh, Islam. Or I may even have to separate them in both because it's so much information. But um, I would like to end by reading some scripture. It'll be from 2 Timothy 4. I'm going to start with verse 3. It's the New International um, Version. For time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. 
They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss. But you, you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. And I just wanted to let you guys know that it was not easy becoming a Christian. And even after being a Christian, I've lost many friends for being a Christian. Um, and I used to have to fight for my faith. Um, but now I can, now I'm free, now I'm free because um, I have Christ and he has saved me from the fear of death. So I just wanted you all to know that. I hope you enjoyed this first podcast. I know I butchered it slightly, but thank you for listening. And I hope that you will stick around for the next one. Thank you. Take care. Bye.